first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Avalon from Iowa, and today we will be talking about Polar Bear, They Call Me Magic, It's the Small Things, Charlie Brown, Chloe and Theo, and Take Me to the River, New Orleans. And first up, we will be reviewing Polar Bear with Dominic. Thank you so much for joining me, Dominic. Thank you for having me. Of course. So to start us off, can you give a summary of what this film is about? Um, This is a nature documentary which follows the life journey of a mother polar bear and her two cubs in the Arctic. Uh, This mother is so brave and navigates through some of the roughest and most dangerous ecosystems on the planet. And while doing so, she teaches her cubs about survival. The film shows us uh, how environmental changes over the years have had had such negatively impacted these ice bears which makes their struggle for existence even more difficult. Yeah, sounds like a really interesting documentary to see. It is. So this is not as much of a traditional film. What do you believe makes this uh, documentary type film different from others? Well, this one is meant uh, to raise awareness for uh, global warming and how it affects a lot of species around the world, like polar bears. Their, uh, their climate is being changed. Their, uh, their entire world is being changed, and it's harder for them to even exist uh, in their home. They're, the ice is melting. It's making, them harder, uh, it's making it harder for them to even get their prey, and they are dying at a rapid pace. Yeah, that's definitely uh, different from a lot of other films and really goes with uh, Earth Day, which is soon. Yeah. So uh, how can people who are watching uh, relate or connect to this film? Well, we could definitely watch this film and take a lot off of it. And we feel motivated to um, teach others, uh, younger generations, of what we can do differently to positively impact this and make it even better. We can help bring the ice back. We can stop uh, putting our carbon footprint in. We can stop using fossil fuels and use renewable energy like windmills or uh, water. Yeah. So are there uh, any moments uh, that were especially moving that you would like to share? Uh, Can you repeat that? Are there any moments that were especially moving that you would like to share? Well, uh, in this mo- in the movie, it shows that how everything is melted. It's really muddy, and these bears are all are all muddy and fighting for uh, the mothers fighting for this dead whale that washed up on the beach with other uh, males, and they only got what's left to the whale because she couldn't fight them off. And it shows how sh- how struggling it is to get food because they had to think of new ways to hunt their prey as uh, this uh, the mother was trying to teach her kids how to adapt to this environment. She was teaching them how to hunt these walruses that washed up and end up getting a small meal off of it. But still, it was very difficult for them. Yeah, sounds like a really moving, inspiring film. Maybe I'll need to watch it. 
yeah, it's a really good film. So uh, you interviewed uh, the creators of this film. Is there anything you would like to share from that interview? Well, Jeff Wilson is a awesome photographer. He is filmed in 47 con- uh, countries in every continent. And his uh, images of uh, what is around them in the beginning was so moving and breathtaking. The mountains with the snowy peaks, it was amazing. Yeah, that sounds uh, absolutely amazing. It is. And lastly, what would you give this for a star rating and age recommendation? Um, I give Polar Bear a five out of five stars and recommend it for ages five to 18. I know adults, especially nature lover, lovers, will also love this film. Polar Bear began, uh, began streaming exclusively on Disney Plus on Earth Day, uh, April 22nd, 2022. Thank you for talking with me. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Polar Bear, They Call Me Magic, It's the Small Things, Charlie Brown, Chloe and Theo, and Take Me to the River, New Orleans. And right now we will be switching over to Dominic's interview with Alistair Fothergill and Jeff Wilson on Polar Bear. Hi, I'm Dominic DeGravio, reporting for Kids First. And today, I have the pleasure of speaking with both Alistair Fothergill and Jeff Wilson about the new film, Polar Bear, which releases on Earth Day, April 22nd, 2022. Alistair Fothergill is an award-winning producer of some of the finest nature documentaries ever created. He's known for such masterpieces as Planet Earth, Frozen Planet, and several of Disney Nature's Earth Day releases, including this year's new documentary, Polar Bear, which we'll be discussing today. Jeff Wilson also has quite an impressive resume. Mr. Wilson has produced a variety of natural history films, including Frozen Planet, Penguins, and Polar Bear. He's a documentary photographer who has traveled around the world capturing the behavior of some of the world's most spectacular wildlife landscapes. Welcome to the show. Let's dive right in. The first question is for Mr. Fothergill. Polar Bear was filmed in one of the harshest and most remote ecosystems on the planet, the Arctic. Can you share some of the challenges you faced while filming this documentary? Absolutely. You're dead right. The Arctic is probably the hardest place on the planet that Jeff and I have ever worked. And there's a number of reasons. First of all, it can get really cold there in spring, down to about minus 35, maybe minus 40 centigrade. And that's very, very chilly. The other thing is polar bears live on sea ice, the frozen ocean. And if you're trying to film them, you have to follow them out over that platform, which will melt and move. And that can be pretty dangerous. You can, And the final thing is polar bears themselves can be quite dangerous. Polar bears will hunt people. There are not many animals on the planet that will do that. And we had to be very careful uh, with working with them and using all our experience and the experience of the wonderful guides we work with uh, to keep us safe. Hmm. One of my dreams actually has been to someday visit the Arctic. Seeing this film makes me want to visit even more. And now to Mr. Wilson. You've worked in 45 countries on every continent, capturing footage of wildlife. And of course, wildlife can be unpredictable. When filming for Polar Bear, did you encounter any first time ever recording moments? We did. You know, we're very lucky. And I think that's why Alistair and I both do our jobs is because the natural world has the amazing ability of of putting in front of you things that you'd never expected. And and this was the case on polar bears. So for us, 
to see, for instance, a sperm whale uh, wash up, a dead sperm whale wash up on a beach and for 20 bears to turn up and feed off of that. And actually what's really interesting about that particular moment is that um, a happy, a, a well-fed bear is a happy bear and a happy bear is a playful bear. And when bears get to play together, then you start to see some really, really cool stuff. And uh, in that particular moment, 20 bears coming together, having just feasted on a whale and having a great play together was something that I'd never witnessed before. Uh, very few of our guides had witnessed before, but also just that social behavior, that kind of playing together because bears for the most of their lives are solitary. And for, so for even for the bears that were there, it was a special moment. That's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. And back to Mr. Fothergill. I'm also a huge advocate for nature and I was so inspired by this film. What immediate steps can my generation take to bring awareness to the changes in our global climate? I think you have a fantastically important role because you obviously are inheriting the planet. And I think there's a number of things you can do. You can look at your own family and question your environmental footstep. How are you using energy? What food are you eating? All those sort of things that drastically affect um, the whole planet and the increasing climate change. I also think you should and in yourself and encourage your parents to be demanding of those uh, businesses they buy from and, and the businesses they deal with and make sure that they are being very environmentally sensitive. And finally, you have a political vote or you soon will do when you're a bit older and you should be putting a lot of pressure on your political leaders to make sure that they're doing the right steps to save the planet. I can appreciate that. And I'm certainly hoping that this documentary will be our call to action. Thank you both for joining me today. I've been talking with Alter Fothergill and Jeff Wilson about the new documentary, Polar Bear, which releases April 22nd, 2022, exclusively on Disney+. I'm Dominique DeGravio, reporting for Kids First. Let's take a break. I'm Avalon from Iowa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Kids First Dining Film Festival, June 13th through 20th. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Avon from Iowa, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we'll be talking about Polar Bear, They Call Me Magic, It's the Small Things, Charlie Brown, Chloe and Theo, and Take Me to the River, New Orleans. 
For next up, we will be reviewing They Call Me Magic with Ethan. Thank you for joining me today, Ethan. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, this seems to be a uh, somewhat of a true story. Can you give us a brief summary of what this film talks about? Well, this is about um, Magic Johnson, as everyone knows, or Irwin Johnson. And he's actually, in my opinion, probably better than Michael Jordan. But it's a documentary with four episodes that shows his life and the challenges he faces, first starting from his high school, then going to college, then becoming an NBA, to also him getting AIDS and having a lot of things going like with his family. For example, his wife, Cookie, having some mess ups and then accepting his son who turned out to be homosexual. So people would bully him for that. So it's a little bit, it kind of shows like the dark side showing what people don't really see from an NBA all-star player. So that's what I really liked about it too. Definitely uh, pulls your attention to it. How do you feel that this story is influenced by the fact that all the people are playing themselves? I think it was really cool because you get to see him all grown up now from before him being, I think he's like six, nine, which is crazy how he still grew. He's like seven foot something. He's massive. But it's crazy to see how much he's grown from when he was a kid because he stopped playing after he got AIDS. So no one really saw him too much when he's grown up. So to see him come back, it's really cool. And it also showed a lot of people um, like I forgot his name. I just know he was Bird, another really good basketball player. They introduced a lot of famous people. They even had a couple presidents, too, which was funny. Um, but I, it was really cool how they got to have multiple people here and go over the story with them. I guess they really pulled a lot of people in to do this film. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any moments that stand out emotionally or otherwise that you would like to share? Um, I think it was when he found out his son, EJ, was homosexual. It was really hard on him because he didn't accept him at first and people would bully him for that. And that became headlines for Johnson because as a famous basketball player um, back then, people really hated on that. And they were also racist at that time. So he had to deal with that. So I think a lot of things going against his career were really sad. And it shows the up story of how it finally went up and everyone accepted EJ and Johnson's career got a lot better in basketball. Yeah, that sounds really inspirational. I also really like the name EJ. Yeah. Uh, do, how do you think viewers could uh, connect to this story? Um, maybe not giving up because Johnson's career, as you've heard, has been very hard. And the fact that he's still humble and the sacrifices he made are really inspiring to other people because he really showed what not giving up looks like and became one of the best basketball players of all time. And he did have his falls there and then, but that's what it means to be MVP, if you would say so. Yeah, sounds uh, like a great connection that a lot of viewers can make to their own lives. Yeah. What do you believe is the message of this film? Um, like I said, probably never give up. Um, he showed that even when he did have AIDS, he did really turn his life around. And he actually, uh, I forgot to mention this, he did educate, he started his own thingy where he was educating people who had AIDS. And it was really heartwarming too, because he showed this, there was a little girl crying and she wanted people to think she was normal. So I, I really like how he changed her perspective and he understand how they felt 
And I think that was really nice of him. And he really educated people about this. And it's not really because back then it used to be really bad because they said there was only one way of getting it, which was two men. But he found out that this is possible from that because he was actually straight and he still got it. So for him to prove the world wrong was really cool. Yeah, sounds uh, really amazing. And lastly, what would you give this for a star rating and a recommendation? I would definitely give it five out of five stars. By far the best documentary I've ever seen. And I'd recommend it ages 12 to 18 plus adults. Well, thank you for talking with me, Ethan. Thank you for having me. You are listening to Kate's First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Polar Bear, They Call Me Magic, It's the Small Things Charlie Brown, Chloe and Theo, and Take Me to the River in New Orleans. Right now, we'll be switching over to review It's the Small Things Charlie Brown with Tiana. How are you today? Finding yourself. Good. So, first off, could you give us a uh, brief summary of this story? Yes, so in It's the Small Things Charlie Brown, the main characters are Sally Brown and Charlie Brown, of course. And Charlie Brown just wants to play a baseball game, but his little sister Sally finds a dating line sitting on the baseball field that reminds her of herself. And she decides that she must protect the flower at all costs and give it a voice. And the main reason that she connects to the flower is because she feels small and lonely and sometimes ignored. And as I was saying, like she just feels like she needs to protect this flower. She needs to give it a voice and that we need to protect it. It's a really good Earth Day message. So, yeah, just kind of like a little story about uh, respecting the Earth. Yes. Okay. So are there any uh, voice actors that you believe went uh, above and beyond expectations of their character? Honestly, I think all the voice actors were really good. I mean, all their voices fit their characters. It wasn't like, since these are in a sense newer than the older ones and have uh, different a different cast to them, I feel like they still did a pretty good job. Um, even though you can tell a little bit because they made a little bit of updates, mainly to the animation, but they made a little bit of updates. So you can kind of tell uh, the difference. But in the end, I feel like everybody just did an outstanding job as their character. So they they uh, actually changed the voice actors? Yes, they have a new group. Well, I, I didn't notice the difference. So it must have been pretty good. It was. Uh, how do you uh, believe Charlie Brown, as well as the rest of the characters, learned throughout this story? I think the main way that, I'm going to just say Charlie Brown, the main way that he changed and like the things he got to learn throughout the story is that he really just, like, I think he learned a little bit, uh, sorry, a little bit more about enjoying enjoying life and how important it is to take care of our planet because there were uh, some scenes throughout the film where the people were like picking up trash or tripping over it. And then at some point he had to realize like, wow, I can actually, this is the issue that I'm totally avoiding because I'm so focused on playing a baseball game. But it's something that if we work together to get it fixed, Earth could be so much more beautiful than it is today. Right. So we just kind of, I guess, learns about the importance of Earth. Yes. 
Yeah. And uh, what do you think of the uh, song type thing at the end of this 40-minute film? Yes. So the song, <clears throat> sorry, it's the, uh, the song, It's the Small Things, Charlie Brown. I absolutely loved that song. It was really good. And I love how it just shows the connection uh, from when Sally's singing about the flower and how it breaks down how we're all connected to earth and can come together to make things happen. Because uh, one thing uh, I learned from talking with the writer and executive producer, Craig Schultz, who is actually the son of the creator of the whole Peanuts franchise, um, was that they wanted everything to represent something else. So like the baseball represent the earth and Sally and all them represented Generation Z and how much of a change we can make with our planet. So I think the song was a really nice touch. Yeah, it definitely sounds really cool. Yeah. And so do you have a favorite uh, scene or a character from the story? I think I don't really have like a favorite scene. I love the entire uh, the entire short film. But one thing that I did love that they did with this movie is that they made it really diverse. Uh, so the kids in the neighborhood, you saw no matter where you looked, you just saw someone that you could connect with or someone that in a sense looks like you. And another thing that I thought was a nice touch for it is that the flowers petals and the color are the same uh, color and shape. The flowers petals are the same color and shape as Sally's hair. And I thought that was pretty cute. I absolutely loved that. Yeah, I actually noticed that too. And I was watching and I thought it was really cool. Yeah. So uh, also, how do you think that uh, people could connect to this film? I think people can connect to this film because, I mean, like, I know that the goal of, uh, like, the Peanuts franchise is to create conversations for adults, um, but at the same time, inspire young people. And I think this short film does just that because in the other Charlie Brown movies, there were a lot of times, like, adults featured in it. But I noticed that in this one, there weren't. It was just focusing on the kids uh, and focusing on how they were able to make a change. And a lot of people say that our generation, Generation Z, is the one that's going to make a change and really help out our world and make it better for future generations because we know the kind of world that we want to live in. So I think that's the main connection, just showing that Generation Z is aware of everything that's going on and we are probably the biggest thing, uh, taking a stand and speaking out against these things. Yeah, yeah, that sounds really good. Lastly, uh, what would you give this for a star rating and age recommendation? Yeah, so this film is definitely for everyone. So I rate it for kids ages 3 to 18 plus adults, and I rate it 5 out of 5 stars. And make sure to watch It's the Small Things, Charlie Brown, on Apple TV Plus now. You will learn a lot, and it's amazing. Okay, thank you for talking with me, Tiana. Thanks for having me. So let's take a break. I'm Avalon from Iowa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Kids First Daddying Film Festival, June 13th through 20th. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. 
We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Avalon from Iowa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Poor Bear, They Call Me Magic, It's the Small Things Charlie Brown, Call Me and Theo, and Take Me to the River in New Orleans. Next up, we'll be listening to Tiana's interview with Craig Schultz on It's the Small Things, Charlie Brown. Hello, everyone. I'm Tiana Sermers reporting for Kiss First. Today, I'm speaking with Mr. Craig Schultz about the new Apple TV Plus short film, It's the Small Things, Charlie Brown. Mr. Schultz is also the son of the legendary creator of the Peanuts franchise, Mr. Charles Schultz. Craig Schultz is known for his work with the Peanuts movie as well as the Snoopy show. He's here today to discuss the second short film of the set of standalone Snoopy Percent specials. It's the small things, Charlie Brown. He has worked on this. Uh, Thank you. So glad to be here, Tim. Yes, same here. I am a huge fan of the Peanuts series. I have almost all of the holiday movies, so I'm super excited to be speaking with you. Oh, glad to be here. It should be fun. It's the small things, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown just wants to play a game of baseball, but his little sister, Sally, finds a special flower on the baseball field that kind of reminds her of herself, and she decides that she must protect it at all costs and give it a voice. What inspired you to create a film focusing on Earth Day and environmental protection? Well, that goes way back to the 1970s, basically. My dad was always concerned with where society goes and societal issues, as you know from reading 50 years of Venus comic strips. So they had done a Earth Day special years ago. And when we had one of our writers' conferences, one of the writers came up with the idea of having the dandelion on the mound and Sally embracing it. And from there, the writing team of myself, my son Brian, and Neil Uliano kind of put together the story that, that, that tells that. Um, and I think what's interesting about the story is really that each Thing kind of represents what's going on in the world today. You know, the baseball field for us was a metaphor for the earth, you know, and do we take care of it? Charlie Brown represents what I feel is like 90% of the people on the planet. Like you're so busy with your life, which for him was a baseball game, that you kind of disregard what's going on around you. And his poor baseball field just going downhill. He doesn't see that because he's preoccupied with wanting to win the baseball game. Sally represents the new generation, your generation you know, that, that really you're enlightened on what goes on in the world and are willing to step up and take the change. And her just being the small person, we realize that, yeah, you can make a difference. And I think that's the message that you're sending to all your friends and generations that yeah, you can step up and do something good for the planet. Yeah, I would have to agree. It's a very inspirational message that even what you were saying about how our generation, Generation Z, focuses more on the environmental issues and is really trying to take a stand. 
but also help adults in a sense be more aware since everybody loves peanuts. So it's a good way to uh, get out the message that everybody needs to be helping out. And that's, yeah, that is the nice thing about peanuts. You know, a lot, a lot of people watch it and it is a good way to spread the message. And, you know, our intent is never to be political and try to force something down somebody's throat or be an educational thing. Uh, unless it's appropriate. And, you know, we just felt this was an appropriate message to get out there and we had the venue to do it. And we want to expand the scope of peanuts. Yeah, for sure. So you were talking a little bit about like all the characters representing different things. And this special feature is an original song by American singer songwriter Ben Folds and it's titled It's the Small Things Charlie Brown. And it does point out the main characters, you know, the dandelion on the pitcher's mound, and even how the baseball field represents our society, as you were saying. So how did the song help tell the story of the film, of the short film? Well, the great thing was, I think our director was the one that you know, put out the notice to Ben to see if he'd be willing to come in and write a song for this show. And again, being a huge Peanuts fan that he was, you know, he was thrilled to do that. And we just let him do what he thought was right for the film. We showed him where we were with animation. It wasn't done yet, obviously. And let him just kind of run with it. And he came up with that great song that uh, I heard it once and I can't get out of my mind. I listen to it over and over and over again. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And uh, so we were just thrilled with it. And I think it was pretty much up to him and he came through. He definitely did. The song was so amazing. And even just the visuals to go with it, all the bright colors, all the diverse characters, it was just an amazing moment. Yeah, we had a great team between our director, Raymond Percy, and all the animators in the background. And again, Ben stepping up and, you know, part of the writing team, Alex, you know, it is a big group effort. You know, so I, I will say that it's not just a handful of guys writing the story. It's a big, big team. And it takes about a year to make one of these things. So it's not easy from the original concept to the end is well over a year. Wow, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> Very long time. <laughs> yeah, it takes a long time. And again, in these specials, you know, we've done two of them so far, they've been released, there's more in the works. You probably notice that the look of it is different than say the Snoopy show or past, you know, specials that Bill Melendez did years ago. So we created a whole new look for these specials slightly below the look of the penis movie we did a few years ago. But it is interesting to see that it is a beautiful look to it. And uh, a lot of that goes to our great director. Well, kudos to him. <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Polar Bear, They Call Me Magic, It's the Small Things Charlie Brown, Chloe and Dio, and Take Me to the River in New Orleans. And right now, we're continuing Tiana's interview with Craig Schultz on It's the Small Things Charlie Brown. So, and this is speaking of the children, it's amazing that you're able to continue your father's legacy with the series and even executive produce this short film together with your own son. So what lessons did you learn from your father that you shared with your son while making It's the Small Things Charlie Brown? Well, I think the, the most interesting thing was, and people have said it, that as, as, as we go to write this and I write it and my son writes it, we come up with humor that it, it, it seems odd to say, but it seems to be that his sense of humor and his, and his view of the world kind of runs in our DNA. You know, the, the humor that I come up with and my son kind of parallels. And I think we have the same view, you know, that you've got to step back, take a look at the world and maybe not look at it straight on, but come to it from a different angle. And you can take a whole different view of the same thing if you simply take the time to look at it from a different angle. And I think and I hope that's what your generation does. You don't look at things straight on. You take it from a different angle and you can see that there are ways you can make the changes and get a different look on what appears to be. 
something for somebody else. <laughs> yes, definitely. And so a little bit speaking like about that, and you were talking about how there was an update with animation. So in It's the Small Things Charlie Brown, there are animation updates. So how do you balance staying true to your father's original vision for the characters while also updating the animation techniques to, in a sense, fit this generation or this time period? Well, one thing we do is we try to keep Peanuts embedded in the time frame that it was written. It obviously went for 50 years. But for me, the sweet spot of penis was late 60s to early 80s. So you notice when you see some of the stuff we put in there that they still use telephones with cords. There are no iPads. There are no cell phones. There's no modern conveniences. And I think that's some of the softness and the sweetness of the show. And I think it also lends some conversation between, again, Gen Z and their parents. Like, you know, what is that thing he's typing on, which might be a typewriter that kids have never seen. We, when the Peanuts movie, we had Snoopy with a typewriter. And we realized that some kids had never seen a typewriter before. So that I think that adds some interest to the show. But we, we stay, try to stay embedded into what he created, you know, both thematically and emotionally with the characters. We never let the characters evolve to something different than what they were. They might have an arc where they change, but they always come back to the essence of who they are. That each character has its own personality, their own strengths, their own weaknesses, their own insecurities as do all of us, right? Right. Yeah, I think that's one of, you just touched on like two really good points. I think the part about sparking up conversations is a really important thing. Like I've seen typewriters before, of course, I'm sure there are kids who haven't, but I love typewriters. I've never owned one, but I was like, I would love to use one, which I'm pretty sure it would be harder than a computer, but it would <laughs> still be pretty cool to use. And I've used the uh, phones with cords before. I love using those too. I know it's different because we have wireless things these days, but I still love seeing the old things and really, well, not, I don't want to call them old, but like things that we don't really use as much anymore and being able to see that in a film and be like, oh, that's really cool. I'm going to try that out. Yeah, now have you ever used a dial phone where you got a dial that goes on, tick, 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 tick. I, well, not really. I remember I used to have a toy that was like that. But I've never like actually used one. I don't think I know anyone. I know like I have some family members who have the cord phones, but I don't think I know anyone with one of those. The dial, yeah, because most kids now they get the dial phone, they try to push the numbers. They don't really dial it. I, I've never understood how those work, but they seem pretty interesting. I would love to find out one day. Yeah, you should. <laughs> yes. So what things do you think will surprise people the most about this film? I think what surprised most people is that, you know, we've upheld the legacy of my dad. You know, that's the one thing that people, at least true Peanuts fans, are truly afraid of, is that someone's going to come in and kind of ruin Peanuts by taking it to a different level, like all these other animations. I always say that the, what parents like the most about Peanuts is when they set their kids down, they know they're in a safe space. They know what they're gonna see is not gonna be offensive. It's not gonna be mean. It's not gonna teach them mean lessons, you know? And then again, our hope in the series is that when the kids and the parents watch these specials together, that after it's over, they have a conversation, you know? So when the show is over, you know, the parents can ask their kids, so what did, you know, why do you think Sally tried to save that little, weed called the dandelion, you know, and uh, that's what it's all about, opening conversation between parents and kids. Yes, for sure. And as I was saying about, uh, and you were touching on things that kids don't really know more about, or just the general messages that you can learn from watching the film, which you did talk a little bit about, just those general messages really help 
help out with the people being able to enjoy peanuts, people always being able to watch it. And as you were saying, uh, parents knowing that it's going to be a safe space because it hasn't changed. It's always well, except for like a little bit of the animation, but it's the same, still the same characters, some some more characters. But, you know, it's still peanuts at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, kids nowadays, they go in and watch the Marvel movies, everything else, which is basically the same show over and over and over again with different characters, but it's the same sort of violence and this and that. And animation tries to get edgier and edgier, and they think that's very clever, getting edgier and edgier, which, which it really is. And I think, I think what happens is when you, when you put something on the screen and people watch it and they say, that's me, I have those feelings, right? Whether it be Sally or Charlie Brown or any of the characters, it's, you can re- when you can relate to those characters, that's what makes it timeless. And that's why they've been around for over 70 years, which is hard for you to believe. <laughs> yep. And even older generations still love and enjoy it. Yep. That's the beauty of it. For sure. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today, Mr. Schultz. It was an honor speaking to you and learning more about the Peanuts franchise in general, but also the new Apple TV Plus series. It's the Small Things Charlie Brown, which everybody watching can go watch on Apple TV Plus now. It was great to be with you, Tiana. Carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I'm Tiana Sermons. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm Avalon from Iowa, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Kids First Daddying Film Festival, June 13th through 20th. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Avalon from Iowa, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Polar Bear, They Call Me Magic, It's the Small Things Charlie Brown, Chloe and Theo, and Take Me to the River, New Orleans. And next up, we'll be reviewing Chloe and Theo with Ashlyn and Anna Clara. Anna Clara, uh, can you give us a brief summary of this film? Okay, sure. Uh, this film talks about a man called um, Theo uh, who goes to uh, United States for a big mission that his destiny to share to the whole world. Uh, in Juicy, he comes with help of some friends who can get it. Uh, so Ashley, uh, how do you feel the characters connect with each other throughout the story? So both Chloe and Theo are extremely different, and in all 
movie plots and books, you see that when two characters are completely different from each other, they usually obviously in the end have an unspeakable bond between each other because of their differences. But what you'll notice in the film is that they bond on one common goal, which is to ultimately save the environment and the world. So I would say that's how they both bond in in those situations. Yeah, lots of Earth Day ones with uh, Earth Day just a bit ago. Uh, How do you believe having uh, climate change problems in this movie will allow people to connect to the film? I would say that when it comes to climate change, this film did a really great job on the education um, aspect of it, which is really not seen in movies a lot. Like you usually don't learn as much in a quote unquote fictional plot line. But in this film, I did learn a lot about um, climate change and also about how the Inuit community um, make sure that the environment stays safe in, in their culture. Yeah, sounds like a really cool movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, are there any scenes or uh, characters that stood out to you? Chloe um, was a character that was my favorite throughout the film. She's played by Dakota Johnson, who is also a really great actress. She plays a homeless female in the film. However, throughout the entire film, like we not only see her mature, but we also see how despite her being homeless, that doesn't define her character and being able to make a huge impact on the environment. So she was metaphorically like one of my favorite characters, if you could copy and paste her into the real world. Yeah, she sounds like a um, very inspiring character. Yeah, she totally is. Anna Clara, uh, what do you believe is the message of this film? Uh, I think the message is that we need to choose uh, who are our real friends because sometimes uh, we have liar friends or false friends, right? So I think the message is that we uh, have to choose our real friends and also that uh, no matter the situation, we can resolve uh, everything uh, with care and calm. Yeah, definitely a, uh, I guess, good message to put forth into the world. Yes. I would say the message is to be open-minded to different people and different opportunities, because if you pass by any like opportunity because let's say if Chloe because she was homeless didn't think that she could make a lasting impact on the environment um, or the earth essentially then she wouldn't have become the hero that she was at the end of the film because she looked past her differences between herself and Theo. Yeah uh, sounds really cool and lastly uh, what would you give this for a star rating and age, mac- age recommendation? I gave Chloe and Theo a perfect score, five out of five stars, and I also recommend it to ages 10 to 18 plus adults. Uh, I think I recommend for uh, 12 to 18, and I think the adults can see too. I give um, five out of five stars because this film is extraordinary 
So uh, thank you for talking with me, Ashley, me, Anna Clara. Thank you, Sue. (laughs) Thanks, Avalon. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Polar Bear, They Call Me Magic, It's the Small Things, Charlie Brown, Chloe and Theo, and Take Me to the River of New Orleans. Right now we're switching over to Take Me to the River of New Orleans with Ashlyn. Uh, Welcome, Ashley. Thanks, Avalon. So to start us off, can you give a uh, summary of what this film's about? Sure. So this film is basically a documentary um, about the history of New Orleans or the music um, of New Orleans and how New Orleans music has impacted um, the next generation of musicians and how those musicians have then impacted the entire music and entertainment industry as a whole. Yeah, sounds like a a cool idea for a film. Yeah. So does having all the characters, uh, I guess, playing themselves uh, help you relate or connect to the story? Oh, yeah, totally. There are so many, like, notable faces within this film. Like, a lot of notable, like, musicians that I never gotten to see outside of their job so like on stage or in a music video so I could definitely relate to them on a personal level of how um, a place such as New Orleans impacted their actual work yeah sounds uh like it really helps you I guess connect and uh, feel the story yeah so uh okay how do you uh feel you or uh, I guess others could connect to the musical aspect of this film. Yeah, um, even I have to say um, that New Orleans music in general is a genre of music, you know, such as jazz and all that. But New Orleans music is such a separate genre in itself that a lot of people don't really get into it. And one of those people is me as well. But I think every single person could relate to New Orleans, um, especially music in this film, because it doesn't go through New Orleans music as one genre, but it goes through specific aspects of, of, of music. So they mentioned jazz, they mentioned hip hop, they mentioned R&B, they mentioned country. So I think every person who has a favorite genre of music will relate to the musical aspects of this film. Yeah, personally, I really love jazz, so I think that'd be really cool to listen to, I guess, music from this place. Yeah, I love jazz, too. So uh, do you have, like, a scene or character, I guess, person, because they're all themselves, that you really enjoyed watching? I would say... So I like the rapper g Easy, but I would say the R&B singer Lettucey was a really good person in this film because I, again, never saw her outside of her um, work as a singer and saw her really recording in the studio and all that process, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I do really like seeing, I guess, the kind of sounds like kind of like a behind the scenes as part of it, maybe. Yeah, yeah, totally. It was so interesting to watch. So uh, what do you believe the uh, message of this film is? I would say um, find comfort in going back to your roots. Like it's okay to, um, if you have an issue or a problem, I think that 
you can always go back to your first home or anyone or anything or a place that makes you feel comfortable um, and find the solution there because you'll usually find it there. And I think the film really, really shows that message really well. Sounds like a good message. Yeah. So lastly, uh, what would you give this for a star rating and age recommendation? So I would give um, Take Me to the River, New Orleans. I would give it five out of five stars and I would recommend it to ages eight to 18 plus adults. Well, thank you for talking with me, Ashley. Thank you so much, Avalon. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Kids First Daddy and Film Festival, June 13th through 20th. I'm Avalon from Iowa, reporting for Kids First. Goodbye! Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.